Welcome to Hogue MD, a new medical podcast by physicians for physicians. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Hogue MD podcast, where we'll dive deep into the backgrounds of the talented physicians being recruited to Orange County and the groundbreaking clinical work being done at the highest rank hospital in Orange County. So excited as our guest today is Dr. Subaral Myla. He is the medical director of the Cardiac and Endovascular Labs and Cardiovascular Research at the Jeffrey M. Carlton Heart and Vascular Institute at Hogue. Dr. Myla is the Dr. Joel H. Manchester Endowed Chair in Interventional Cardiology. He leads the clinical direction of endovascular therapy and cardiovascular research at Hogue, and under his leadership, Hogue has initiated more than 25 FDA-regulated clinical trials investigating a variety of innovative medical devices and procedures, all of which focus on stroke prevention. Hogue is one of only a handful of medical facilities in the Western United States to participate in these studies. Now throughout his career, Dr. Myla has been named a fellow of the American College of Cardiology, a fellow of the Society of Cardiovascular Angiography and Intervention, a member of the International Society of Endovascular Specialists, and president of the Nonprofit Foundation for Endovascular Education and Research. He is the program director of the Hogue Endovascular Summit. Dr. Myla is widely published in professional and peer-reviewed journals and has authored a number of textbook chapters. He has extensive experience in clinical trials and carotid interventional trials in the groundbreaking field of cardiology. Dr. Myla also directs catheterization and endovascular educational conferences. Dr. Myla, with that intro, welcome to the Hogue MD podcast. Thank you, and thank you for having me. All right, let's jump right into this. Um, how long has Hogue been involved in clinical trials related to cardiovascular disease? I would say since the early 90s, okay. we were involved in laser angioplasty research even before the coronary stents have more or less become the dominant treatment. We were the first in stent trials, and later on, we moved on to other devices, techniques, and drug trials. I would say steadily since 2001. So, long time. How have things developed and changed during that time period, would you say? That is a great question. Uh, the advent of internet, the faster yeah. FDA approval, the availability of information on the internet, clinical trial sites, has expanded the realm of trial patients. We need the trials to plant the seeds for the future generation. Whether it is a Christmas tree or a mango tree, we wouldn't derive the benefits at this moment, but they lay the foundation work for the future advances. And Hogue has been very fortunate to have a leading clinical physicians the enormous endowment support, and an organizational structure. So we started off with the carotid uh, innovations. We have done 20-plus trials that lead to commercialization of several products now are being used throughout the country. We have also established, based on the trials, a training programs for physicians to learn how to do these innovative procedures. We then moved on to two important fields. I want to digress here by showing you atrial fibrillation is a very common condition. It puts a patient at risk for stroke. To prevent a stroke, they needed to be on blood thinners. Atrial fibrillation is a condition where you lose 
20% of the heart function because the top chambers are paralyzed. And that causes the excessive fatigue and tiredness. Hogue has been involved in many innovative atrial fibrillation trials. And the second aspect, similarly, aortic stenosis is a condition where heavy calcium builds up on the main exit valve of the heart. And if the valve is plugged up, not enough blood flows through and causes symptoms of fainting, shortness of breath, chest discomfort, etc. This condition is fatal. This fatality is equivalent to cancer. Hogue has embarked on clinical trials for the past 11 years in this field as well. So for our physicians listening, let's talk about today. What clinical trials is Hogue currently participating in and which ones, I guess, are you most excited about? Of course. The Hogue website will have detailed information on each and every clinical trial at the Jeffrey M. Carlton Heart and Vascular Institute page. But in a nutshell, I'm most excited about a valve trial from Edwards Life Sciences. They're in our backyard. They are a clinical research partner with us for the past 25 years. This novel device, and that is the first at Hogue, we are among the top 50 centers in the country to do this clinical trial. The implantation of the aortic valve is a tight, narrow real estate space at the valve. You can't deploy it too high because you can block the coronary arteries. You can't deploy it too low, it pops into the ventricle. So it's like a Goldilocks moment. Mm -hmm. Not too high, not too low, but just right. Even when you do that, sometimes the new valve can force the old valve out into the periphery and obstruct the coronary arteries. So this novel valve iteration allows us to fine-tune the position by rotating the struts. So they rotate and they move away from the coronary arteries. This enables the doctors to a lifetime management of the patient. It's not just deploying one valve and forget about it. 10, 15 years later, if that valve were to deteriorate, you have the advantage of going back in and put another valve in. It's almost like putting another layer of asphalt on the road on top of the old one or a new wallpaper without taking the old wallpaper out. When you do that, it's very important that those valve leaflets from the old valves not be flipped into the coronaries. So that is the unique aspect of this valve. The material that Edwards has found is called Resilia. It treats the biological tissue from a cow's outer sleeve, custom-made, And that valve treatment increases the longevity of the valve. So this is our great hope to extend the valve's life, but at the same time, be prepared to safely put another valve in the future without compromising the heart's blood flow. I'm quite excited about that one. I can tell. And we were chatting before the show. You've been at Hogue for 30 plus years. What is it like for you? when you see stuff like this, you know, where you started in your career and things and trials and procedures have come such a long way. 
when you see something like this trial available and you're you're getting to do what you love and how things have changed over the years this is what sustains the passion and curiosity and keeps people like me from having boredom mm -hmm. the beauty at hogue is their openness to change yet they maintain the standards as guardians of legacy so you have a perfect combination of both. Patient safety is of paramount importance, but we're always forward-looking for a momentum. And this new valve therapy is foundational. When I left New York and started here, I've been a director of the laboratories all my life. And what readily became apparent with the help of Joel Manchester, whose chair I have, is that we must always innovate, we must always educate, and act as the patient advocate. So we use shared decision-making tools, and I've seen that advance at Hogue. So a patient has an equal say in what they want within reason and maintain the current standards. We were in the first wave of coronary artery stenting when they came in in 96, Hogue has developed training programs for other physicians. Then came more devices, rotorooters, lasers, what have you. We were the first to start, develop, and then train others. And the valves is the same thing. So we were just talking about patients there. What types of patients, and this is for our physicians listening, what type of patients can positively be impacted by the cardiac trials in which Hogue is currently participating in? Who currently has atrial fibrillation trials okay, AFib. and cardiac valve implantation trials. Let's talk about the atrial mm -hmm. fibrillation patients. We are currently focused on the wicked problem in AFib management. Just about any hospital in the country can provide routine ablation. Ablation is the word we use when you apply either heat or cold energy to burn a scar in the chamber of the heart that's causing this abnormal rhythm. It's almost like a rebel student in a class when everybody is quiet and one rogue student mm -hmm. needs the discipline. This ablation does that. The challenge is after many of these ablations done, there will be a small number of patients who will not respond to the heat or the cold energy that is delivered. It damages the tissue, and the borders of that damaged tissue creates more mm. opportunities. So the new two trials we're doing, one with a catheter with a pulse field non-thermal energy. So it's a direct application of the electricity, but it doesn't burn or it doesn't freeze, but it alters the electric properties and we get rid of the re refractory AFib. The other trial is a bit more invasive. It's using a thoracoscope, minimally invasive. The surgeon works with the electrophysiologist, that is the electrician. They both together go to the back side of the heart and apply zebra stripe burns, and this tackles the very resistant uh, atrial fibrillation. So which patient is eligible? 
obviously patients who have a nasty problem with atrial fibrillation that doesn't go away, keeps coming back, causing patients to have excess fatigue, tiredness, fainting spells, and their heart failure gets worse. So that's the kind of population we're looking for. Whereas the aortic valve patients are with aortic stenosis, and this is a very important, silent, deadly condition. As the aortic stenosis is getting worse, you may not hear the heart murmur. See, we live in a very noisy electronic uh, contamination in rooms. It's not like before. So paying attention to that high-pitched murmur at the base of the heart is very important. When in doubt, do an echocardiogram. And primary care internists and cardiologists are already familiar with it because of Hoag's educational programs and that are available. And they can call our valve center when in doubt, and those patients will be referred to the clinical research department. I love the analogy of the rebel student. So clear when you explain it that way. I did hear you mention eligibility. Let's talk a little bit about that. How do patients get referred to determine if they could be eligible for one of those clinical trials you were just describing? That's a great question. Traditionally, research centers have actually engaged in direct marketing. Hoag has shied away from that. We felt it is best to go through the physician's primary care, internists, cardiologists who care for the patients, who know them best. They know their clinical condition. So we educate the primary care base the cardiology base. I hold a weekly cardiovascular educational conference by Zoom, thanks to pandemic, but it also increased. We get about 65 individuals involved. They get constant updates, including clinical trial updates. The website also posts, we have a robust cardiac research program, uh, two excellent cardiac dedicated coordinators, and they are available. The Valve Center nurse practitioners and the nurse practitioner for the arrhythmia model, they are at the front end looking for the patients that are internally admitted for various conditions in the hospital database. We also make it available for any of the neighborhood hospitals where patients and doctors are aware of the opportunity for a novel therapy when especially things are not working the usual way. They don't need to travel faraway places. This is your academic experience in a community referral hospital. That's the pride of Hogue. Tremendous way to keep the medical community educated. Uh, Dr. Myla is an interventional cardiologist and the medical director of the Cardiac and Endovascular Labs and Cardiovascular Research at Jeffrey M. Carlton Heart and Vascular Institute at Hogue Hospital, Newport Beach. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for joining us and sharing this very, very valuable information. The pleasure is mine. Thank you again. And we thank you all for listening. That'll do it for this episode of the Hogue MD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Hogue MD. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review. And subscribe to catch all our future episodes.